Welcome back to Rebel Movement Podcast. My name is Billy. My pronouns are they, them, or she, her. And I'm Jordan, she, her. Welcome back. I'm sorry, I, I pressed the button by accident. No, I was kind of hoping you were going to do it while we were oh, okay. mid-laugh because okay, I good. said that I needed to cut my toenails as you were recording. <laughs> Goodness, I'm just moving my drinks off of the table. One of those things, I'm me. much better at taking care of my kids' hygiene than I am at my own. Yeah. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've heard that before <laughs> yeah or like their hair gets brushed sense. every day yeah. and styled every single day and mine gets turned up into a ponytail and or a bun <laughs> yeah yes. I mean I do that most of the time anyway and that's but... it <laughs> oh it's uh, it is currently recently showered but usually it's been a very long time since it was last yeah. washed yeah <laughs> yeah that's okay I think it's normal See, it's, it's just the now like... the now season <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, I forgot to do a timer thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that part out loud, but it's okay. It's seven thirty. Now you're all privy yeah. to the <laughs> behind the scenes excitement. <laughs> uh, how's your week been? Oh, pretty good. Um, we went to uh, Sugarbush uh, this weekend. That was a lot of fun. Cool. It's like a at a working farm, so there was animals and stuff, and a little pancake house, and it was fun. And then mm-hmm. it was like a really like nice relaxing day. Um, and then we got to go hang out in a hot tub afterwards, so that was also that a lot awesome. of fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, um, then I don't I don't think we did anything the next day. But then yesterday we went to uh, Brockville because they're having an event for March break. Um, they're doing, so they have this, uh, I think it's a museum, but it's, anyways, it's called the Aquatarium. Um, and it's all like uh, river or like aquatic life um, along the St. Lawrence. So like in the region that we're in. So it has a lot of the fish and like has otters and all sorts of stuff. And um, it's like, I've never been before, but it was like hugely kid friendly. Anyways, the event that they're mm-hmm. having is having mermaids. Um, so they're like in all the dive tanks, like the big tanks where the fish are, there's uh, mermaids mm-hmm. in them. Um, and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> there's mermaids cute. everywhere. It was so much fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cute. I just said cute instead of cute, just in case anyone was questioning. <laughs> That's no, so cute. I mean, I was adorable. trying to write Aquatarium down there. That's so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the Aquatarium, and it, I'd never been before, but, like, there's, like, massive, like, boats, but there's, like, a jungle gym built inside, so, like, they climb Whoa. up these, like, yeah, you lose sight of them, which never happened to me before, my kids, but anyway, it's, for a second, they, like, climb up, and then they crawl across this, like, rope ladder and <laughs> over a beam, and then they go down, like, a curly slide, and, <laughs> um, yeah, like, very like so much me. cool stuff like very hands-on there's like kinetic sand bins there's like uh another sand bin that has like a projector on top of it so like mm-hmm. there's like things moving across the sand but it's all projected from on top um yeah they have this animation lab as well where you color things and then it you have it scanned and the uh, drawing gets animated cool. uh, just like all sorts of stuff like that yeah. the otters were a fun surprise though yeah i bet <laughs> That sounds so. That sounds yeah. so familiar. I feel like I've been there before, but I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, did you say it was in Toronto? Brockville. Brockville. I yeah. Have no idea. 
<laughs> That's so much closer. <laughs> so close. Yeah. It's only an hour or less than an hour away for us. And um, wow. yeah, my oldest has decided that they really enjoy mermaids now. And so when the mermaid oh. event popped up, I was like, sweet, let's go see some mermaids. That's awesome. Um, yeah. They love it then? Absolutely. She wants a um, <laughs> mermaid birthday. So that's what we're doing. Oh, the theme of her birthday the is be mermaids. Um, yeah, I didn't know when they would be old enough to pick um, their own birthday party themes, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, obviously, <laughs> the first and second year, I come up with the theme. Um, yeah. And Makes then, sense. well, not the first year, but the second year was just like based off, you know, she really likes dogs. So it's going to be mm-hmm. a dog theme. <laughs> and uh, this year, I was going to do something different. And then she really got like stuck on this mermaid train. So I was like, okay. Hey, Mermaids, it is. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that must be kind of cool as a parent to it's see really... that, like their first time they chose something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The day was very emotionally charged because mm-hmm. while she really enjoyed seeing the mermaids, she also really wants to be a mermaid. And so she was oh. very upset that she wasn't a mermaid. Yeah, that's tough. That's so, tough. <laughs> it's hard to. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it all day long. Uh, I've landed on, I can't wait for you to be one <laughs> because I was saying, <laughs> you are a mermaid and you just no I'm not uh, and I said well I can't wait for you to be a mermaid one day <laughs> that's very nice yeah. that's a good way of going up going out going about I, it. it took it took like 12 hours of like <laughs> fixing the way I was saying it <laughs> until I landed yeah. on the thing that seems to be uh, a band-aid solution enough <laughs> for yeah. the time being oh <laughs> that's so sweet oh, my goodness yeah. that's cute that's very cute I'm excited yeah, was to a, see it was that. Great. No, I'm happy. Yeah. Happy we went and did that. Oh, it's been so much fun. That's awesome. Oh, excuse me. Um, I don't know if anything, I'm sure cool stuff happened this week, but I can't remember any of it. Um, <laughs> so I don't think I have any stories to tell you. I'm sure I do. Do not remember any of them. Besides the fact that two puppies came into work the other day, mm-hmm. um, which is always the best, but otherwise no idea I can't remember (laughs) um so we're going to talk today about lessons I've learned as a business owner since starting I think a lot of some of you might remember that uh, I don't remember if it was our second and third episode maybe we just talked about uh, like entrepreneurship and trauma that was like a almost a year ago uh, (laughs) (laughs) it was a long time ago um, yeah, that's episode three and four. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. was, I don't know, was I a year into being two, a year or two? I can't remember. Anyway, that was obviously a long time ago. And I feel I've been a business owner since October, 2020. So that would be like two and a half years now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just finding the last uh, few weeks, I've had so many different conversations with people um, about being a business owner, and they're asking my advice or the thing they're dealing with. And um, I thought it'd be fun to make it into an episode because some some of these cases, I was catching myself giving advice, and I was like, "Damn, <laughs> listen to me." Um, so I just have a, like literally a list in front of me. I think that I'll, this will be applicable to folks who are not business owners as well. I think that some of some of this might be more specifically business owner, but I think in some ways a lot of it can be um, related to most things or some things. Anyway, we'll just go right into it. 
The first one is that nobody actually knows what they're doing all the time. <laughs> that one I feel like is just applicable to most things. <laughs> um, we all doubt ourselves. And I think there's this idea, I'll speak about it specifically with entrepreneurship. There seems to be this idea that like every other business owner has it figured out. And that's kind of what the impression that some business owners give. And it is not at all. That's not the case at all. Most of them, I guarantee you every single one, or I'll say 99%, just in case has had several moments or like an overwhelming number of moments where they had no idea what the fuck they were doing. And they're just guessing, <laughs> just like throwing something out there and hoping it works. Mm -hmm. um, because it's like with entrepreneurship, there's like, it's not just like the thing that you're in business for. So for me, it's not just about teaching yoga and movement. There's also so many other aspects to it. There's like marketing, there's like social media stuff. There's there's so many other things I just can't think of them right now there are like at least seven to ten things that are somebody's full-time job somewhere and you're just especially if you're a solo entrepreneur or sole provider you're just doing all of it so like logically it makes sense that not everyone knows what they're doing all the time um but that's one of the big ones because it's when I learned that it was so reassuring I was like oh okay good some of us are just like faking it or fucking around until we figure out what's happening yeah just throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks <laughs> yes a hundred percent i feel like it, um, that's yeah that's true of most uh things in adulthood yeah uh, <laughs> that's true mm -hmm. right it's like everyone seems to have it figured out or everyone seems to be and it's not so much that they've figured it out either they've had the problem that you're going through before so they know they already know what they're doing in mm -hmm that specific incident um or they're just walking around more confident about it than you yeah that's true um i was thinking it's like kind of similar to this but i was thinking about this type of stuff the other day it was like um well i can't remember where the thought came from but basically it was like i'm not like uh yeah it was about confidence and like that not being worried Oh, that was how my worldview has changed over time. I used to think that like you could like manifest shit and like if you thought really positively or whatever, you could like that, like you would be guided towards that and like the universe would provide. Mm -hmm. Um and now, like let's say like there's been 10 years of experience since then. <laughs> and yeah. my worldview has changed, or like it's not really worldview, whatever. My concept of how the world works I don't know but it's just that right now I'm in a place where it, my idea is more that I, it's just chaos like it's just yeah. pure chaos and you don't know what end of the chaos spectrum you're going to get hit with right you get hit with luck you get hit with absolute mm -hmm. bullshit devastation like you don't know what you're going to get mm -hmm. hit with and I think that the idea of like the universe will provide was very comforting at the time which is mm -hmm. like trusting the process um, mm -hmm. And like, a, like a little bit there, like I understand the trust the process thing, it lets you let go of a little bit of the anxiety. But in accepting that the world is chaos, is not something that you can do before you can be confident in your ability to survive these things or navigate whatever shit gets thrown your way, because you yeah. haven't done it as much when you were, or at least I hadn't when I was 20 compared to where I'm 30. Um, mm -hmm. And you've been through a lot more difficult things. and you know, will continue to go through a lot of difficult things. Um, and your confidence in 
getting through to the other side will hopefully continue to increase over time. And so that's mm. where I'm like much more comfortable accepting the idea that the world is just pure chaos. There's no yeah. rhyme or reason for anything. And so in that vein of like other people know what they're doing and you don't, it also could just be that they are more confident in their ability to navigate difficult situations yeah. or the throwing shit at the wall thing. Like yeah. they know that if they fuck up and it's a complete failure that they will be able to figure out how to get back out from underneath that. Yeah, that's true. That's Which true. as like day one entrepreneur, you might not have that same level of confidence as someone who's been through it, like all the ups and downs for like mm -hmm. three years, 10 years, 20 years. <laughs> it's a lot yeah, more that's true. like confident that they will be able to figure out how to get out of this. Yeah, that's very mm -hmm. true. I have a couple of thoughts. I'm going to try to steer away from the one about manifestation because I feel like we could just do another episode yeah, that <laughs> about that one. Uh, so just, I took a little note for myself. Um, but I, yeah, because I feel like that could be a whole conversation that I would be thrilled to have. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about it. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's, that's very true. It's like, it's so hard to know because it really depends on the context. In some cases, like you're saying, yeah, exactly. They've like been doing it for however many years and maybe they've got like a system or they have, maybe they have figured part of it out in this, you know, whatever area. And if you're thinking about it more so in a broad spectrum of like your day-to-day -day life, mm -hmm. um, sometimes how do I say this in a way that's not going to make me sound like an asshole? Sometimes people who I'll just be, okay. Just if be someone asshole. is Fine. always saying they have it figured out, mm -hmm. they don't have it figured out. I feel like that's, I know mm -hmm. that that's like very, that's like my toned down version of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and I don't, I'd like, it, it really depends on the context, but to me, it's <laughs> like, have you ever met, like met someone who's just constantly saying how nice they are? Like, all the time like I'm a really nice person I'm a really nice person I'm a really nice person to me if someone's constantly like I know I know this 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 in a context that's not like hey I have a business and I have this I'm teaching you this like obviously yeah. I know this um they don't know it and I think that like that it kind of exists everywhere that um this kind of ties into one of my other thoughts like trusting your gut especially if you're looking for help or like looking for someone to help you out with something or like just if you're looking to trust someone in your day-to-day -day life, trust your gut. Cause if your gut's like uncomfortable with the person, mm -hmm. like maybe they don't know it, maybe you just don't drive, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes people really do know, but I don't know. I don't know if that made any like sense out loud, but um, mm -hmm. I guess it's like slightly, slightly different topic, but I just think it's interesting sometimes, but like, yeah, in some cases, no one knows what they're doing with everything in their no, business all no. the time. Um, the next one is quite broad, but it's mm. it's not personal, and that goes for like it. Sometimes it's personal. A lot of the time, it's not personal. It could be cancellations. It could be people who stop buying stuff from you. It could be um, I don't know, did I say unsubscribes? I feel like I did. It could be whatever. Sometimes it is personal. It's, I think it's super important to ask for feedback and, and to be open to that feedback. And we can talk about that after, but 
sometimes it's not personal. And a lot of the time people have other things going on. Mm -hmm. Like the world is a fucked up place right now. Well, a lot of the time, but <laughs> financially, feels like I guess, if we're right talking now. specifics, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah, talking specifics financially. And likely, like maybe the person canceled because they can't afford to pay, like they can't afford it anymore. Maybe they just lost their job. Maybe they have emotional stuff going on and they just can't, you know, emotionally, um, and they're not, they're not up, to the, up to the task. I think it can be, it's so easy to get stuck in your head about what you may have done wrong and like, you know, go over every detail or like, but I think, and it's, it can be so easy to then base everything you do off potentially, I don't know, make those mistakes or in quotes mistakes, but a lot of the time it's not personal and there will be people who just don't like you, don't like your offer, don't like your way of offering it. Mm -hmm. whatever. And that's still not personal. It's fine. That's just their opinion. That doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, I think that's really important and is so it's a lesson that, you know, I can't just say it and you're going to be like, okay, cool. It's not personal. I'm never going to take anything. (laughs) Never going to have a hard time with anything. It's like, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to, you know, get stuck in a like, oh no, what if this is personal? But a lot of the time it's not and like have your feelings, but um, you cannot please everybody. You cannot be the business for every single person. And if you are, I don't know how, I don't know how that works, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but try to stop thinking about everything you may have done wrong and just like take it a a day at a time. On the topic of feedback, I think it is super important because there will be times um, or there might be times where you do fuck up uh, in some way or another. And I know that especially if you're in in some sort of business that's quite visible, um, I don't know examples of ones that wouldn't be as visible, but if you're in a business and either you are very visible in the business or the business itself is very very visible, it can be really easy. And I've heard this from quite a lot of people to be scared of fucking up, like and posting something on social media that you shouldn't have, but mm-hmm. you know, or sharing something from someone who ended up being problematic, but you didn't know. And it's so, it can happen to anybody and it can be so easy to just get stuck in that fear and then just not ever post anything and not ever show up in that kind of way. But the main thing is to take accountability, be like, hey, I fucked up, be honest about it. Like, I didn't know, I should have looked into this person more um, before I shared their video, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and if it's a personal thing, if someone's like, hey, you said this in my class and it really hurt my feelings, make it about them, not about you. In those moments, just listen to them, say, thank you so much for sharing this. I will you know, I will learn about this more on my own and I will, um, you know, take this feedback and I will, and then like follow up with them later on if there's certain action steps um, or ask like, it really depends on the situation, but if it's something like, how can I um, earn your trust back or make this better or like, but you do the work and like make it about, make it about them, not about you, process your feelings off that time 
Um, and I know that's not technically like specifically a business owner thing, but I think it's something that can definitely apply to a lot of people. Um, so that's the first three, nobody knows what they're doing. It's not personal. And then still do take feedback. Uh, my fourth thing is just keep going. <laughs> um, it is so normal to have moments where you want to give up on your business. <laughs> I was listening to um, a podcast or I wish I knew the source. I wish I'd written it down somewhere. I don't know where I heard this. Um, no idea. They're talking about some Olympic athlete. They, this particular person, maybe it was on TikTok. I don't know. I wish I knew the source. If you know the source, yes. let me know. Um, someone was training to go to the Olympics and they had a really shitty practice before they went. And the person who their mentor, who is an Olympic athlete, mm-hmm said the rule of thirds like you feel good about your stuff a third of the time great about your stuff a third of the time and shit about it a third of the time mm-hmm. or like good great neutral shit i'm not sure which of those but it's because they're saying if you feel good about your stuff all the time you're not pushing yourself enough if you mm-hmm. feel shit about it all the time then you know something else has got to change you're aiming for the like a third, a third, a third. And it's, it's hard in whatever kind of thing you're doing. Um, and with something like a business, it is, it does bring up a bunch of trauma stuff and a bunch of like for everybody, not just for me. Um, and it's vulnerable and it's like a lot of um, rejection and just like complicated things that you didn't know you'd have to figure out. <laughs> um, but I don't know if that's comforting to hear that like a third, a third, a third, like if you feel shitty about your stuff, a third of the time, neutral about it a third of the time and good about it a third of the time, you're on track. If that's, if you're like always feeling shitty about it, that will be a time to like maybe reconsider. Or the next point is rest. <laughs> this is something that is, I think applies to everybody. We have are living in like a society, this is going to, okay, just going to go with it. We live in a society that a lot of us have learned that productivity equals value because we live in a capitalist society and, you know, we won't go into those down that full rabbit hole, but rest is really important. And a lot of us don't see it as productive, but it is very fucking productive. So if you would not have not had a break, whether it's in your day or in your week, or in your month, whatever it is, take a break. And there's so many types of rest. There's like sleep. There's like stuff that's fun, like play. There's like, I find that sometimes cleaning and like doing my, that kind of stuff, it doesn't feel restful, but it is kind of like setting you up for rest later in the week. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Or like I, it takes um, stress away because it's yeah. still the mental to-do list that you have in the back of your head. Like I have to do the laundry. I have to get caught up on the dishes and I, oh, I haven't cleaned my floors in a while. And I, you know, again, it just like piles up, piles mm-hmm. up, piles up. And so even when you're trying to sleep, you're like, oh, I've accomplished all these things today. And then there's like that tiny little list that pops up. Um, yeah. So taking care of the list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, free up mental space that will actually be able to be used as rest instead of yeah. being distracted by the little list. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you, and if you're always filling any downtime that you're not working with that kind of rest, 
mm-hmm. you're you need other rest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so I don't usually tell people what to do, but rest. That's my that's my homework for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the next one that I've written down is try everything, and I. I don't think I was specific enough with this because I kind of forgot what my thought was with that. I think it's like, sometimes you like kind of keep an open mind because sometimes you'll start off with one specific idea of what you want. And maybe you actually end up not liking doing that or you, it doesn't work out. You don't get any clients after like three months of trying it, whatever. Um, Sometimes you just have to, like, I think I've said this on the podcast before, you have to throw everything at the wall and just see what sticks mm-hmm. and just try, try, try whatever, try as much stuff as you can think of, um, or that you want to try. I didn't feed my cat. So she's going to be all up. I just <laughs> forgot. I forgot it was dinner time. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I feel like along the same vein, it's like, um, there's so many free resources to learning about things out there. Yeah. Like just like from the marketing perspective, which is how you're going to be able to increase the traffic to like in order to increase the sales. So a lot of times people think this is probably more specific for business owners, but like that you need to increase your sales. But when you're looking at um, conversion rates or setting up a business for success, um, what I do at work is the first thing I look at is how many people are coming to the store. So in a brick and mortar, it would be like, how many people are you getting to walk by slash walk in? Mm -hmm. The next step is taking those people that are there that are perusing and turning them into sales. And then after Mm -hmm. that, it would be to increase the number of like dollars per sale. And then how to bring people who bought something back again to buy something again. So yeah. it's not right to the money part. It's increasing the number of people that are seeing what you have. Yeah. Then it'll increase the number of sales. Um, so people I talk to at work again, uh, miss that part completely because it doesn't seem worthwhile because it is a bigger investment on your end. But in marketing, we talk about a return on investment. So if you're putting mm-hmm thousand dollars in you'd want to be seeing at least that if not much more come back towards mm-hmm. you but it's convincing people to put that money up front or that time investment up front not mm-hmm. knowing what's going to come back and get you and like that that's like where that try everything piece comes in but also the like there are free courses on different marketing strategies because you might mm-hmm. only know of one because maybe this marketing isn't your strong suit you're a big for you specifically, <laughs> I don't know, you know, it'd be like, <laughs> you're a movement expert, you know, like that, that's what you do. So it's kind yeah. of unreasonable to also expect you to be a marketing expert. You don't know all the different tactics to use out there, but there are other people <laughs> who are marketing experts who have courses either paid or free that are available. So you can learn different ways of looking at things and different like aspects of the psychology of marketing to be able to tailor your marketing resources in order to increase the traffic or like the people seeing your offers or whatever it is. Mm. Um, That's just like a tiny example, but like in the try everything, it's also like you yourself go out and try everything. Like there are people out there talking about like taxes for small businesses. There are people out there talking about how to make your website more user-friendly. There are people talking about marketing. There's people talking about um, your like presentation, like the way that you show yourself to your audience, like all this kind of stuff, like all those resources 
are out there and it's not a waste of time to go out and seek these things and to learn from mm. these people. Um, like, of course, you're more interested in whatever your specialty is and like gaining resources or gaining education in that aspect. But because you're one person running a business, if you think of, you know, it would be like 10 different people filling these jobs usually. <laughs> so yeah. you will need to go out and get 10 people's worth of, at least yeah. a, a little bit of 10 people's worth of knowledge. Um, yeah. And luckily the internet exists and it's fairly easy to, to get yeah, into true. those things now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when and you said to try everything, that's what I was like, yeah, we could, but part of trying everything is getting to know all the different parts of your business and mm -hmm. increasing your knowledge there too, because that will set you up for greater success. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I think it also can be, it's like important to remember that it can be easy to get stuck in the trap of just constantly doing courses yeah or constantly going out there to learn um and the i've heard of a lot of people who have been like oh i'm gonna start my business but i'm just gonna take this one more course first i'm gonna do this one more thing first and i think it's like i've heard that referred to as like the learning trap or something like that where it's like yeah like yes, i think you do the start stuff, before you're ready still start before you're ready because you never will feel ready that's what we goes right back mm -hmm. to like nobody knows what they're doing all the time sorry my cat is knocking everything off the table uh, this is the most she's been in any of the podcast things and she's just eating all the paper. <laughs> but it, okay. I feel like also if you write down like, you know, like you set up like your marketing plan for the year, your business plan for the year, whatever, you have all your months written out, you have all your shit written out, like when things are mm -hmm. going to start, when things are launching, how, what campaigns are going into which places. You can also do like a learning calendar, right? Like, yeah, totally. Pick like, like let's say you have time. I can reasonably see myself doing two courses this year. Um, mm. So one for, one for me that I enjoy, which is probably more specific to like your expert area of expertise, and then one for like learning. So where's a weak spot in my business, and where can I go learn mm -hmm. from somebody else? Because mm -hmm. it's yeah, not too much yeah. pressure, but you're doing something for fun and something for for the business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and then that goes, I'm going to skip over a couple of them so we can come back to those ones. That also goes, <laughs> it comes back to one of my other things is that like, it can be really overwhelming when you're looking for, um, like to learn more, whether you're like, I don't know, searching for marketing advice on Instagram or on, for a course or whatever. There are like millions of experts that all yeah, we'll say different things and it can be overwhelming and confusing. And sometimes it, you like listen to one person's advice or from this course, and then you take a different course and they tell you, no, that's wrong. Do this thing. And then that you can just go down this cycle forever. And I think somewhere along the line, like you still have to learn these things, but somewhere along the line, it's important to check in with your, or like figure out your values as a business and your, um, like your branding and your approach and also what you like doing and what you don't like doing yeah. and that kind of thing. Because if like so-and-so expert tells you like the best thing, um, the best way to market is like, you know, posting on Twitter. And if you hate Twitter or you don't ever use Twitter and you don't have no desire to, you don't have to do that. You don't have to have every single social media platform because you're just going to burn yourself out. Um, especially if you're forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do. Um, and, you know, another 
person might say like, oh, you always should present yourself as an expert um, in all things and never admit that you don't know something or whatever, but like maybe your branding is something like honesty and bluntness and that just doesn't work for you. Um, so like, you'll find some teachers when you go along this path, like you're some teachers you really love or who like, you just love their stuff, you love their advice. Um, I have quite, a, I have a few that, you know, I'll just listen to podcasts or I'll like do their courses, that kind of thing. And then you just have to like, it's a very individual thing, but my best advice would be to, at some point, it doesn't have to be right away because sometimes it's hard to know, at some point, figure out those things like values, branding, and then what you actually like and what sits with you and check in with your gut when you're thinking about doing this course. Cause if you're taking like a bro marketing course and that's like not you at all, and you don't like that kind of marketing, you probably don't have to spend the like $300 on it because it's, you're not, you're not going to get as much out of it as you could. But if you find like a, a marketing coach who really has similar values to you and the way they describe marketing is like, like lights you up and makes you excited. You're going to have a lot better results doing that. Cause you're actually going to like doing it versus forcing yourself to do the bro marketing approach that you're, you might not like your audience might not like, cause that's not you. They're not, they're not signed up for that kind of mm-hmm. style. Um, and that one's a hard, that one's a tricky one. Cause it does take a while and it feels confusing as shit sometimes. Cause especially like all, there's so many different approaches to Instagram like growing on Instagram, Mm -hmm. for example. And there's no way one person could do all of them at the same time. Um, And then also the Instagram, like social media algorithms and Instagram algorithms change all the fucking time. So, you know, the best, more sustainable way of working is usually the best way because otherwise you will burn out eventually. Um, And that tends to be, doing the things that you feel are actually doable. Like if a friend of mine uh, recently tried a thing that's like post a reel every single day and they didn't like it after they did it, they were like, I'm not going to do this anymore, which is, I think a great way of doing it. Try it. If you're not sure, like, I don't know, maybe I'll really like it. Try it. Uh, you do kind of have to push yourself out of your comfort zone several times at right. points in your business. Um, but it's okay if you don't like it. You don't have to post reels every day. You don't have to post on TikTok if you don't like TikTok, if you don't want to use TikTok. Um, and you don't have to become this like bro marketing type of person if you are not that kind of person, because it depends on your business style and what your business is. But if I started to market that way, all of my clients would probably leave if I started to just be that person all the time, be this like spiritual bypassy marketing bro style Mm -hmm. business, no one would want to work with me anymore because that's not who I am. They'd all be like, who the fuck is this? (laughs) I'm not here for this. The things I get the most feedback, like positive feedback and response with is the stuff that I'm like explaining to people or talking about like struggles of mine that I like, I don't know, not struggles necessarily. Like I'm not trauma dumping, but like, I don't know, like through going through a fear of like showing up or like all the, all the episodes we've done that involve anything like me telling my story or entrepreneurship and trauma, because that's what people connect with. And they don't, they want that. Like, that's what they, I don't know. 
that's what they're here for, for me. They want that honesty. They want the like trauma-informed space. They want a space that's uh, more rebellious than it is like bro-y. I don't know. I don't know all these terms. <laughs> um, and they want the space that's anti-diet culture. They're not here because they want ev- like, you know, your average yoga class. So and that's just my, like my specific example. I'm not doing a great job at explaining it, but like, think about the things that make you different from other people and the things you like that are different. Um, and don't change those because some Instagram person told you that the best way of being on Instagram is going against all those things. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That a bit <laughs> of a preach. It's just, a um, thing, but. Yeah. And marketing is called your, like your USP, like your unique selling point. So there will always be like a thousand other people doing pretty much exactly what you're doing, but what is unique about you or your business? Like what is different and what can you offer? That's just that nobody else can offer. It's like, I live in a very, very small town and there are three cannabis shops in I want to say 300 meters, like not even half a kilometer away from each other. Mm -hmm. Two of them are pretty much side by side. And the other one is like across the street and down a little bit. (laughs) And I'm just like, I don't understand how you will all survive because I can't, I can't see what's different. Like, you're like, they all mm-hmm. look exactly the same. I mean, the, but there's restrictions, whatever. It's not a very good example. Yeah. Um, like restrictions <laughs> on like how visible they can be. Like, I understand those things, but like, there's so many of you, like what's different about yeah. um, each one? Or like when I used to live in Kingston, like you walked out <laughs> in Princess and like how many yoga studios are there? Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, we saw when push comes to shove, like what <laughs> happens to those studios? Um, that they can't differentiate themselves enough from other ones around them. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it, that, Mm -hmm. that's what it is. Like, what is your USP? Like what is different from you that they can't find anywhere else? Um, so I'd say like, it's probably really easy to get discouraged in entrepreneurship when you, you see other people do something that's very similar to you, what you offer, or you come into a space that where the market is already fairly saturated. Um, I think, and I think this is kind of what you were getting at too, with like your marketing style or your branding or your voice or whatever. It's like, if you come back down to what your USP is, like what is different about you and always come back to that point. I mean, I feel like this works in job interviews, this works in leadership positions, this works in everything. Cause I, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's probably pretty capitalistic, but like, I'm pretty sure everyone can be boiled down to like a brand and what do you have that nobody else has? And it might take you a really long time to figure that out and that's okay. Um, but you do have something that you offer. Your way of attacking a problem is going to be different. Your way of delivering a message is going to be different or your, whatever your focus of your business is going to be different than everybody else's. And so mm-hmm. what is special, what's unique, yeah. what's different and just bring every, like every time, just bring it back to that. What sets you apart? What would be the difference between choosing you and choosing somebody else? Yeah. And if you don't know that yet, like start developing it, like start committing to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it might change over time too. That's totally normal. It's like, if you think of it, like 
yeah, your your unique brand voice is the is the one um, way I've 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 learned it. But if you think of it like your, it's like a little bit of your personality, like the things that you love, the things the way you like to express yourself, the, your things that you find valuable, like values of yours, and um like what you find, like think about those things. And if you're not sure, like I would say, if you're going to invest in any training at the beginning, find some sort of, there's like, I've done, I think two different trainings on, on this or just like talks and stuff about your like branding, branding voices. And you don't have to think, it doesn't have to be specific to business. Those trainings too. Sometimes the ones that are like more personal, um, can sometimes apply. Like one of the ones I did was it, um, connected a lot to archetypes which was really helpful and very cool um, and interesting for me um, but find some sort of thing there if you're not sure whether it's a book whether it's like journaling whether it's an actual course like spend time on that at the beginning because that's true it's like it is scary to go into something where there's you know a bunch of other people doing the same thing but there are people who need to learn what you have to teach them from with your specific voice. So the easiest and most sustainable way of going into whatever business it is, is finding a way to be yourself or be that brand like a hundred percent because they, um, that's what they need. That's what's going to attract them to you. And that's, what's going to set you apart. And it, it, yeah, you can totally relate this to everything. It can be, if you're like, I don't know, applying to be a manager, it can be so easy to go about it the same way as like every other manager you've seen. But like, what are the things you loved about your, like your favorite managers mm -hmm. and who are you as a person? You don't have to stomp that out completely. Like maybe you might have to, um, I don't know, your specific business or your job might not involve being okay with swearing like mine. <laughs> it's part of my branding. So, you know, there's things like that where you might, okay, maybe I don't do this while I'm at work, but your personality is still there. You're like, you are still in it. And I think that's super important because it gets like, after a while, it just, it doesn't seem, if you're not being yourself, it doesn't seem authentic. And, um, I don't know, people tend to not particularly, I mean, I specifically don't really like when I feel something like someone's being really inauthentic. Um, and I was gonna say something else, but I forgot what it was. Oh, I find like, depending, this also depends on your branding style, um, but I've taken some courses and some, um, heard this from several different places, but generally being more straightforward, um, it feels a lot less sleazy for you and for other people. And this does, does not mean you have to be like completely straightforward all the time, but the, some marketing stuff is kind of, um, I don't know how to say this. It, kind of like it can sometimes prey on weaknesses and stuff like that. And that's definitely one approach, which is, you know, for some, for some people, but in some cases it can, maybe it doesn't sit right with you. Maybe it feels 
um, Sleazy, for example, there's, I don't know, there's, there's a bunch of trainings. There's one by Simone Graystall that's selling, um, now I can't remember what it's called. <sighs> I can't remember. If you want to know, just let me know and I will, <laughs> I will find it and send it to you. But um, it's okay to be straightforward. You don't have to be if that's not your thing, but it's okay and um, not the like wrong approach to be straight up like, this is why you should work with me and you should pay me. Or like, this is what I do. Um, this is my availability. That's it. Or like this, you're hiring me. This is my mm -hmm. salary. Um, and like, leave it at that, that. Like, it's okay to be straightforward. Um, you deserve to take up space and you deserve to get paid for it. Especially if you're, you know, asking for a raise, that kind of thing. Um, okay. I think I have one more point. Okay. Um, the numbers of followers you have doesn't matter. I know that one's like a bit of a against, not against the grain, but it's, it can sometimes be a surprise to hear. Your follower numbers, if especially if you market with social media, go up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down, literally all the time for sometimes no reason. <laughs> and um, first of all, someone can have like 100,000 subscribers or like a million followers, I mean, and be making $10 a month. It doesn't equate to the amount of money you're making. So it's, you know, don't get caught up thinking of like, oh, this other, you know, yoga teacher has this many followers. They must be making so much money. Like, no, no, you cannot tell that from their Instagram. Um, and I know it feels this is specifically one I've had a lot of conversations with about recently. It's at the beginning, it is an emotional journey when a bunch of people unfollow you. But if you are going through this process of figuring out your voice and your branding voice and all this stuff, that is a good thing when you're unfollowed because those people who unfollowed you, first of all, if they unfollowed you, they're not gonna buy from you anyway. Second of all, if they don't like your branding voice, that's fine. Like the, you're, you're wanting your followers, your, whether it's newsletter subscribers, followers, whatever, to be people who like are there because they love your, your voice, love your stuff. You don't have to waste time on convincing the people who want to unfollow you that you deserve to be followed because you're not going to make, you weren't, they weren't going to buy something anyway. Um, I don't know if this is coming out right either. My brain got really <laughs> sleepy halfway through this, but I feel like I've been talking for forever, but mm -hmm. it like, it really, 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 really is okay if you're unfollowed. And I know this, I'm like two and a half years in and sometimes I'm still like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like I just, I was just like so close to reaching a certain number like two weeks ago. And then I, I lost like 15 followers um, for like, I don't know what reason. And that happens constantly. I'll get like, I just specifically me, I will get like a, you know, 50 subscribers in a couple of weeks and then I'll lose a bunch and then I'll get some more and then I'll lose a bunch. And I'll get some more and I'll lose a bunch. And it's a waste of time to every single time wonder like what on earth you did wrong. And I, someone like a mentor of mine at the beginning 
It's like, you want to start publishing and saying those things that make people unfollow you because you want your like followers on social media or your newsletter subscribers, people who are like in your circle to be like all about you, all about all the things you have to say, because that you will be supported. Those are like, first of all, great community, great connections. And those people are going to buy from you. So, you know what I mean? Don't waste, don't waste time every single time people unfollow you. Um, you can, you know, if there's a specific situation that happened, like reach out, go back to the feedback thing, listen to feedback, take it, but also like, it's fine. It's going to happen. It doesn't mean you're not going to make more money. It doesn't mean you're failing as business. It doesn't mean literally anything. It's maybe like sometimes Instagram just makes people like unfollows people without them knowing, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it does not, they don't, it's not a lot of meaning behind those numbers and it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think that's all. <laughs> yeah, I guess it boils down to like there's other metrics that are worth paying attention to. Uh, yeah. Follower count maybe isn't um, because also there's a lot of brand accounts that I buy from that I don't follow. You know, there's people I've bought programs from that I don't follow mm-hmm. um, because I'm not interested in like having that on my feed you know what I mean but mm-hmm. um and like I don't need the daily like reminders of of what they're doing or I don't need um you know and reasonably so people are putting out you know the same two or three tips pretty regularly so if you follow them for about a year you've pretty much gathered all, everything that there is to gather off of social media mm-hmm. and it's more worth it to stay subscribed to like their email or to just buy the mm-hmm. program that you bought and, and that's good to go for you yeah. um you know how like how many like makeup or skincare things do you buy and you do not follow and you have no intention of following them yeah. on instagram or any social media like whatsoever right so mm-hmm. i feel like it maybe it's a little bit different for us like as a small business um you'd want to see those numbers go up um but i mean you can also look at your reach that's a lot more important um like people clicking through is a lot more important um Mm -hmm. again you could have two million followers but your reach could be a thousand which would be really really shitty um Mm -hmm. you know so you want your you if you're have a thousand followers and your reach is 800 that's amazing that's a lot better than having more followers and less reach or less uh interaction mm-hmm. right because that like there's other metrics to pay attention to that are a lot more important than just the follower yeah. count the follower count's easy because it's right there <laughs> um but your sales your traffic to your actual website like all these kinds of things are much more important numbers to be looking at and yeah. things that you can actually set achievable goals around increasing as opposed to follower account, which can be a lot more fickle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, it definitely, you eventually, you do ultimately want the number to go up. I would say specifically newsletter followers are more important than social media because newsletter is like a list that you own and it's not, but also it's getting to the person no matter what. Yeah, exactly. uh, Instagram is not always getting to the person, no matter what Facebook, same thing, TikTok, same thing. Like it's not always going to get to those people. That's what I was talking about. Reach. Like, yeah, exactly. If you have an account with a couple of million followers, but you're only reaching a couple thousand, that's not a good thing. Um, 
So like, if we're thinking about like, well, those people get paid more per post, like, no, because what the marketing people on the other side are looking at is the interaction on the post. So is it gaining enough traction um, to be worth it to pay someone a lot of money to put it out, to only have it be seen by a couple hundred people, right? Instead Mm of like, that's why people like in marketing, you'd go after like micro influencers because usually their interaction and their reach is a lot higher Mm -hmm. um, than like a major influencer where their reach is a lot lower. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, so that's just like the metrics thing, like, and that the follower number doesn't equal sales numbers at all or income at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe if all this is very new to you, this is your what I can Mm -hmm. learn thing this year. (laughs) And this is your area that you can go into, like what metrics should I actually be paying attention to that will tell me what, if my, if what I'm doing is working, you -hmm. know what I mean? Like beyond just sales numbers, because there are other, like I was talking about in the beginning, there's other little numbers that will set up the sales numbers um, Mm -hmm. that you might want to work on increasing first before we get to the sales part. Um, Yes, it's deceiving because the follower number is right there. It's big. It's very clear. It's an mm-hmm. easy reminder. It's so like present um, on your account, but it is not an indicator of success. Yeah. You don't know how many of those people that are following anyone are bought accounts. They clear them out, you know, every, I feel like every couple of years they, they do this like massive sweep um, for bought accounts, but I know I'm, like, I have a, a, personal page and the increase has been crazy like I have to keep blocking all these like random bot accounts um not even a business page so yeah you get a lot Um, of dms like into your secret (laughs) dm thing I can't remember what it's called it's like just like your request folder yeah random person (laughs) like have you tried you should be a thing for this all the time yeah those Um, are usually yeah mlms yeah yeah exactly (laughs) um or bots or bots yeah (laughs) um also, if you're hearing this and you're like overwhelmed, like, oh my God, I don't, I don't pay attention to this. I, I'm like, whatever. It's also like, it's one thing. <laughs> you don't have to do it all at once. Yeah. First of all, um, I did, again, I'm going to bring up Simone Gray's soul. This time I remember what it's called. She did a garbage post challenge on her podcast. Um, she talks about it and she talks about how the goal is in her thing is to do like a hundred posts in 30 days or something like that. And or not post specifically Instagram, but like content pieces. So it could be a newsletter. It could be like a TikTok. Mm-hmm. It could be like a, you know, whatever email to a client. The goal is to just put yourself out there. And because a lot of the time we expect, we like expect perfection from ourselves. We want it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect isn't relatable. People don't want perfect. Um, a lot of the time they're just showing up for you. And often you'll get a lot more engagement from like a picture of you and your cat or something than you will from other stuff. Um, yeah. people often want to know, uh, at least in my style of business, like they want to know who they're buying from. They want to like get to know them. Um, and I feel like that's kind of true for some other areas too. Um, you don't have to look at these numbers right now. There's, there's like, sometimes there's months where I just can't, I can't bring myself to do it. Cause there's so many other things I get it as a business owner, you, you're juggling like all of the areas and it's okay if right now. You just don't want to look at those numbers. Just, just keep posting, keep showing up in whatever way you're posting, um, get out of your head, get out of your head and just show up and post random shit, post like memes. If you find them funny post, and then tell people what your business is, tell them how to buy from you. 
and why they should buy from you. You don't have to say only that though. You can also post like, you know, a reel about your trip to wherever. And then also sometimes be like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is how you pay for me. Mm-hmm. And then just keep it at that for now. And then down the road, when you're like, hey, I feel like I'm okay with learning this now, then do that. But you don't have to do it all at once because you were never, you don't have the time for that. You need to rest. <laughs> remember, that was your homework. You have to rest. <laughs> um, yeah. On the subject of newsletters, subscribe to my newsletter because you get a bunch of freebies. Um, you get two free yoga classes. There's, there's like a fair amount of emails in the first two weeks, but after that, you'll go right back down to the two a week that I do. Um, in all those emails, they're totally packed with a bunch of value, how to start an anti-diet practice, how to set up an at-home practice, like a bunch of different things from me. Um, and you can do that. We'll put a link in the show notes, or if you just go to the website, movewithbilly.com, there's like, there's a pop-up that comes up and then there's like several places on the home screen, I think to sign up. So you could just do that if that's easier for you. And we also would love to hear from you. If you have questions, if you have feedback, if you have requests or stories to tell us, you can do that by sending me an email to info at movewithbilly.com, B-I-L-L-I-E in case you're not sure. And I obviously do send those to Jordan too. So you're not just talking to me. (laughs) And then Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at movewithbilly. What about you? Oh, uh, Instagram at jordan.etal. That's it. Perfect. That's it. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.